Hi everyone, this is Olga Matt, building the future of contracts from home, and today I am with my very good friend Neil. Neil, introduce yourself. Hey everybody, I'm Neil Greenbaum. I'm um, a transactional attorney. I focus uh, primarily on corporate and commercial real estate transactions and contracts, and I've been doing this for quite a while. I'm admitted and have offices in Florida and New York. You have an interesting career. Um, you you were in house at some point. You're now in private practice. Tell me, tell me what you did in house, and then tell me how it is different. Uh, from private practice. So in-house, I worked for a real estate development company during, um, before 2008. So when things were, when money was flowing and things were easier to do. And um, the big difference for me, uh, private practice versus in-house is that in private practice, especially if I'm a solo and I'm going to keep everything kind of lean, it's basically, uh, I eat what I kill. Um, And the problem with being a solo to me is that I have to market myself and then actually do the work after I get the work. And I mean, thank you. I do a good job doing the marketing and then I do a good job doing the work, but it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a dual job because not only am I selling myself, but then once I sold myself and I get paid to do something, I have to actually do it. So it's kind of like a duplicative in, in a, in a regard when you're in-house, you're not selling anything. All you're doing is doing the work they have. So, and I tend to be more of a, a fast worker and an efficient person. So I would tend to have more downtime unless things were, you know, it was a crazy time. When it comes to private practice, even if let's say I, I have a clear plate in the morning, there's always something I can do for my practice to build it, be it, you know, go on LinkedIn or market myself or, or call people or whatever it is. So to me, the big difference is private practice is basically like running a small business. And I think as an attorney, you have to run it like a small business or else you're going to get into trouble because unfortunately, they don't teach business skills in law school. But being that so many attorneys are small or solo f- attorneys and running their own firms, I think it's imperative that they understand certain business skills that they're going to need in order for their firm to be successful. So let's talk about in-house adventures first. Yeah. Um, what was the best part? Like, what do you miss the most now that you're in private practice about being in-house? If you just purely like to practice law and just do the work, let's say draft contracts, negotiate contracts, that's what in-house. That's that's the best part of in-house, because you're not actually the work is there, and you're just called upon for the most part. I mean, you give advice, such, but you're mostly called upon to make sure the work gets done. So if we were acquiring an asset, you know, I negotiate the contract or or draft the contract and and then take part in the due diligence and in the closing because we did mostly condo conversions we'd buy multifamily properties and then we'd uh con- we'd file condo docs and convert them to condominiums and sell them to end users but uh with regard to to private practice it's a lot more involved in terms of the business aspects and the marketing it's not just purely doing the work how did you make a transition to go to private practice um, that's a big decision. I, I made a few transitions, and this is one of those things where you probably paused and thought about various options. How did you end up doing that? I was I was at the stage where it was after the um, economic downturn, and I figured like if I I had been in private practice early on in my career with somebody else, not my not by myself, and then after that I went to work at firms and in house, and I figured like this was the time. I'd been in house for a while. And it was something I wanted to try. And just between the, between the economy and, and my wanting to do it, it just it worked out well at the same time. I love your T-shirt. Oh, this one? Yeah. Yeah. 
have a lot of t-shirts and my wife does not like any of them. So tell me, tell, tell me what's up with the t-shirts? So it's like a shtick that I did not mean to, uh, to do. So, all right. So and, and for the listeners, uh, if you're not watching the video, Neil has this uh, fabulous t-shirt that uh, says, I heart contract. Um, and, um, he, he, he has many t-shirts that, that speak for themselves. Um, and I specifically like this one because we, I love hard uh, contracts too, but also I'm like asking a larger question about, you know, this, this thing with, with t-shirts that he has going on. Yeah. So I, I do a lot of videos on LinkedIn and I used to film them. I wake up early in the morning. I used to film them like at 5am. So when I film them, I I'd wear a t-shirt. I'm not getting dressed up. That was 5am. I'm, I'm home. This is pre COVID. I'd be home. I wouldn't go to the office. So I started filling them with t-shirts and it just became this thing. And then I remember somebody, a lawyer, a friend of mine reached out to me and he said he didn't think it was appropriate that I was wearing t-shirts as, as an attorney that I should probably be better dressed. So, so then I did a, a video where I, I wore a t-shirt and I had a tie on. And, um, and, I t- and I discussed, besides the legal issue, I discussed like, if I'm dressed a certain way, does that, do you perceive me different? Like if I give the same advice and I'm wearing a, a tie or I'm well-dressed in a suit, you say, oh, this guy's genius. But if I'm wearing a t-shirt, you're like, who is this idiot? If, if the advice is the same. And uh, it just became a thing. So then like, I just started wearing more t-shirts and that's like my thing now, I guess. So tie or t-shirt? Kind of accidental, it just happened. So tie, tie or t-shirt? I like t-shirts better. I mean, especially, okay. listen, I've been dressing like this for a while now and, and, pre, and pre-COVID and since COVID, like anything's acceptable. So like, you know, t-shirts are fine. And let, let's be clear, does it actually affect your legal advice? No, it does not. Okay. Actually, if, I'm, if I'm more comfortable, the work's going to get done, you know, more efficiently. So, so actually, it, you give better advice than a t-shirt. Yes, than advice than t-shirts, yes. Okay, I, I, lo- I, lo- I love it. The good, the good thing about wearing a t-shirt in, in the video is, is that if I have Zoom calls with people, I'm wearing a t-shirt, they're not like, it doesn't jar them. Like, like oh, okay. That's what he wears. I just want to set the record straight that your advice is better with a t-shirt. So there you go, everyone. Now <laughs> you know, if you don't get Neil with a t-shirt, you're, you're not getting Uh-oh. the optimal Uh-oh. advice. <laughs> so um, so you, 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 you mentioned LinkedIn. You, I, I've been a follower of you on LinkedIn. I am kind of, I guess, a groupie. Um, so among many others. So let's talk about your LinkedIn adventures. How did you get into that? I only became active on it uh, July 2019. I don't know. I was with somebody and they were going to some kind of um, event, like a LinkedIn Live kind of event. It was in New York. It was in Brooklyn. And I went and then somebody threw down the gauntlet there that we should do 30 videos in 30 days. And I'd never done one video ever in X amount of years. So I said, okay, I'll try to do 30 videos in 30 days. And I did. I posted 30 videos in 30 days and it started you know, it kickstarted something. Probably in the last year, I put up 250 videos or more. But uh, it's funny. I went back. I went back, and I always, if if you look at those original videos, they are cringeworthy. They are terrible. They're I talk like a robot, and I um I, they're long and whatever. I've learned a lot along the way. I, practice makes perfect. So uh, I, I think vi- I think videos. It's funny. Videos don't do well on LinkedIn compared to written posts. So you're not going to get nearly as many views or as many, you might not get as many comments, but definitely not get as many views. However, the big difference and the reason I do video and I try to throw out a few videos a week is if you do video, people think they know you. Okay. So 
um, if you're in Manhattan or maybe in LA, in Manhattan, I, I bump into people who are famous all the time. You always see famous people and it's always out of context. Like, oh, I know that guy. And then you realize who it is. Okay, fine. So, but when you see somebody that you've seen on TV or in the movies, you think you know them. So that's why like movie stars, a lot of times or celebrities don't like to be approached because they don't know who you are. They get scared. But when I'm on, and I'm not a celebrity, I'm not, I'm not making that comparison. But when I do video on LinkedIn and people call me afterwards, they have this, it's like a soft lead. Like they feel they know who I am because they've seen me a hundred or 200 times. So when they speak to me, it's, they have a comfort level. They would not, uh, they wouldn't have from reading, you know, 500 written posts. That's why I do video. Love it. So 30 days. Um, was it hard? The 30 days of video? It's, currently long. It's, it's hard now. Video, it's hard to do video. You have to think what to say. You have to say it. You have to, it, it's not, look, LinkedIn's not easy, but that's my, it's my, it's mo most of my marketing. My business comes from two places. It comes from referrals and it comes from LinkedIn. And LinkedIn took a while. It's funny. LinkedIn took a while, but once it caught on, it, it caught on well, but it's, I don't have a marketing budget per se, so I spend some time doing it. That's where I look at it, but it's not easy. It's, it's, it's difficult and it takes time sometimes. So what helped you to, to get through those 30 days? I mean, I, I, it sounds like it got easier, but it was really difficult in the beginning. So what helped you? The 30 day challenge is, is some, I've seen a few people do it, um, but tell me what helped you to get through it. Well, first of all, it was a challenge. So a challenge is always good because you always have a goal and there's an end to the challenge. Right. Though I don't think I stopped doing consecutive videos till I was like 50 or so. And then I, then I took a day off or something. First of all, the challenge itself is helpful, but also like I saw that if, first of all, there were not a lot of attorneys doing videos then. And there aren't that many now, there are a few, but I felt that something that could differentiate me from the rest of the people, the rest of the attorneys or anyone else out there is just by doing video. Cause if you do video consistently, it, it's, you know, it, it gives you that, not that I was building a brand. I didn't even know what I was doing at the time, basically. But what I was doing was it gives that familiarity. And, and I wanted people to know who I was. And I think vid I, my personality comes across on video. It's, it's hard to get a personality come across on a written post or an article. It just doesn't happen. Let's talk about familiarity. And um, when people watch you, they feel like they know you. And it leads to this, um, as you described, soft lead. Tell me why, why it is so important to get a soft lead. I'm going to give you what I consider. And I think if LinkedIn heard this story, they would make a commercial out of it or something. You get notified if, you're, if you've been tagged or, or somebody mentions your name. So I noticed that I had a few tags and I went and somebody who was not a first connection of mine, so I would not have seen their post otherwise, had asked about somebody who can do certain business contracts. And there were um, eight responses, eight comments to the post. And two comments were each an attorney saying me, 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 me. And six other people said my name. Six out of eight people said my name. And I don't know any of these people personally. I did not know them before LinkedIn. So the person who posted that and sees Neil Greenbaum six out of eight times, you know, well, that's, that says something. That gives a kind of validity that you can't get otherwise. And what happened, I mean, in that situation, I wound up getting that client and, and I still have that client. And that client's done very well by me. And it never would have happened had six people not said Neil Greenbaum when somebody's looking for a, a contracts attorney. And those six people would not have known that I do that unless they saw me on LinkedIn, which, I, which I'm on all the time. So what, one thing I just want to get to, what's really important about something like LinkedIn or any kind of social media or any kind of branding, and I'm not a branding expert by any stretch of the imagination, is it's important for people not 
just to know like that you're a lawyer. Okay, I'm a lawyer. Great. All right. But to know exactly what you do. Because if people don't know what you do, they can't use you or refer you. So I say like, I see people on LinkedIn all the time and I don't have that many followers. I have less than 10,000. I don't, I'm pretty selective on, you know, on my connections. I don't pick everybody uh, who, who, who uh, comes on. But the thing is that I see people out there with like 20, 30, 50,000 connections or followers, whatever it is. And I don't even know what they do. I mean, I see their face. I can, I can, you know, pick their face out of a crowd. And I know their name. I have no clue what they actually do. So if you don't know what somebody actually does, it's hard to, to give them business or refer them business. So with me, I always try to like hit home, like I do transactions and I do contracts. So that hopefully it resonates. So when people think of those things, they think of me. Because in turn, I mean, listen, I have people call me about employment issues or personal injury. I don't do those things. I think I even did a video once like, you know, like if you get into an accident, don't call me. If you have one phone call because you're arrested, don't call me. Like I don't do those things. I can't help you. You know, so um, I think it's important that not only people know who you are and that I'm a lawyer, but what I do in particular so they can come to me for those things. So how do you make sure, and that, you know, look, I mean, this is educating your prospective clients, whether you're in-house at a law firm, anywhere really is important. So doing it on LinkedIn, how do you make sure people are very clear what Neil does? Every once in a while I tell them, which is very important to remind people about things, okay? A lot of my content is geared towards certain things. It's geared towards contracts. It's like I would say, get it in writing. Uh, don't rely. I, I, like I make up. I, I made. I made up this quote. Um, you know, those who rely on a, on a handshake deal will ultimately, you know, resort to some other kind of hand gesture between the parties. But that, that's what happens. You know, it's like. Uh, so I try to hit home these things. Like you know, like no, you're going to business with your uncle or your brother or your cousin or your. That's not a lock that things are going to work out. In fact, the odds are you're going to. It's going to. Explode, implode on you and it's going to be worse. Get it in writing. Treat everything like an arm, arm's length negotiation. Even if it's your best friend, it doesn't matter. Whatever. So I try to hit that stuff home because most people don't, most people like are very quick to, it's very funny. They're quick to form their own. It's very easy to form an LLC or a corporation or start a business, whatever that means. But the documentation that goes with it, they never do. Like I'd say probably 90% plus of people who formed a corporation or LLC this past year did not do a shareholder and operating agreement. This doesn't happen. So then you know, when, when the, you know, the proverbial, you know, what hits the fan, there's not, you know, they, there's nothing to rely on. So I say like, try to anticipate things in advance. Like what will you do if you have, if there are only two shareholders and you can't agree on something, what are you going to do if one person wants to leave? What do you want to do if you wake up one day and your, you know, friend transferred all his interest to somebody else? Well, you know, if you could take all care of all this in advance, if you have a document. So I try to hit that home a lot. So when you think, and I, you post regularly, how often do you post? Five days a week. Five days a week. That's a commitment. <sighs> yes. It's funny. I spoke to people who've been doing this a lot longer than I, and they said that every once in a while, it's okay to recirculate old stuff. So once in a while, I do it. But yeah, so, it's, it's a lot of work. How, how, how much work does it take? Just curious. Most people tell you, like, if you're going to do a month worth of videos, you should wake up on a Sunday morning and film 15 videos at once. Like, you know, in a two-hour period or whatever it takes. I can't do that. I just don't have... A lot of things I think of on the fly or one night I'll think of something the next morning. So if I do a video between thinking what I want to say and filming it, it could take 20 minutes for a one minute video. I try to keep everything under 60 seconds because nobody has an attention span. You know, there are people, I've seen people like eight, nine minute videos on LinkedIn. It's, no one's really watching that. So I try to keep everything under a minute. 20 minutes to record and post, is it a total 20 minutes or um, there's additional time somewhere there as well? 
well, after you post, you want to engage with the people who engage with you. So I, I'm very, I, I do, some people comment, I always comment back. I always like things. Yeah, that's part of what you have to do. It's funny, oh, you know, I don't, I don't engage with that many. They say that if you're not, if you're not posting content on social media, but you want to still stay, I guess, relevant, you should engage with other people's social media. So sometimes I do that, but I, I won't do that in, in lieu of posting my own stuff. So LinkedIn as a lifestyle. The reason I do LinkedIn because it works. That's what I tell people. It works. If it didn't work, you know, a lot of people wouldn't be on it. And it's, it's different. Like I'm not on Facebook. I'm on Facebook personally, but I don't really post anything. And Twitter, I, I don't understand Twitter. Like I leave the room, I come back, I missed 5,000 tweets. So I don't know what's going on. Um, but for me, just LinkedIn seems to work. I think because everyone on LinkedIn is there for, for a reason. You know, they will either some kind of commerce or business or any advice or so I think you know more than taking pictures of your lunch and posting it that's not what it's about I think that's why LinkedIn works for the most part I want to talk to you a little bit about the actual content you know um you know I you know I've seen a few different things um I've seen some really kind of um practical things about contracts and then I've seen sort of range of um you know funny inspiring things um and then they always come in a different t-shirt um, so tell me how, how you think about, uh, do you make your t-shirts as your content? How sometimes, do you think about- <laughs> I did a kind I did a, I forgot what it was. I, I have a t-shirt that says Enron summer intern, 1999. Okay. Now it's not a real shirt. It was like, a, I did not work at Enron. Okay. But, um, I don't remember. I was talking about fraud or I was talking about, I was, you know, and I, so I wear that t-shirt for that. Like if I have a t-shirt, if I'm talking about contracts, like, like I'll wear this t-shirt maybe, or I have. Other t-shirts that, um, yeah. So someone asked, like, do, do I have the t-shirts specially made? I'm like, no, I've never had, I don't have any vanity t-shirts. I find them. And uh, plenty of people ask where, I, where they can get them. So I'm like, oh, I should be selling these t-shirts. Like, that's stupid. Whatever. Anyway, listen, it, it does take time to do this. It pays off. That's why I do it. It works. Um, I would have never met you than otherwise, right? <laughs> no, it, it, look, I mean, for this alone, for you and I to meet your year of posting on LinkedIn, it's totally worth it. <laughs> so tell me tell me what kind of things you, you you know how you think about your content creation like you know you know you try I would, to be useful I would, I would love to post every day something specific about a legal topic a contract but what am i going to talk about like people people don't want to hear that every day i, I can i can tell because i'll i'll post a video about something like on like force majeure i came out with a force majeure clause video like March 10th. I mean, like so, so early into COVID, like this is going to be so important because contracts are not going to be able to be, you know, uh, fulfilled. Things are going to happen. Dot. Like nobody cared because I think it was above most people's pay grade in terms of like, you know, they weren't interested, you know, but if you post, this is like the downside of LinkedIn. If, and I don't post this at all, but I make fun of it. Like if you post like, you know, you can do it. Like, oh, you'll get 15,000 views, you know, it's it just, you know, I'd love to post something that I think is practical and useful every day, but it's hard to do that. And I don't think people want it. To, I don't think people want to read it every day. I have some of my adventures on LinkedIn. I've, been, I've probably been on LinkedIn as well as you have. Uh, I, um, and right before COVID, I kind of started doing videos and I wanted to do videos for a long time and had my personal reservations. Um, and, you know, I'd like to give you useful content and, and I've been sharing content and writing for a long time and with a lot of success. But, you know, what I find is that people really love like Olga's story, uh, Olga's stories in the trenches, Olga's ups and downs, Olga's adventures in the, 
in the legal world, all got adventures in tech world, the, the kind of the joy moment, the cry moment, the Olga upset moment. Um, it, 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 and, you know, has nothing to do with, you know, Olga's practice or uh, Olga's uh, contract lifecycle management uh, mission. Right. It has a lot to do with, you know, people love uh, a good story that may not even be a professional story. People love stories about Olga and her husband um, and kind of the deep conversations we have. Um, and so it's very interesting. How do, you, how, do, how do you think about this sort of more personal, some people call it more Facebook-like content on LinkedIn? So I, I, don't, I don't like to post that kind of stuff personally. Um, it's, though I do, I do tell personal stories when I'm trying to get a point across, I'll tell a story. Um, it was about fake it till you make it. Okay. I fake it till you make it. And I don't believe I, eventually I said, if you fake it, eventually you're going to get caught that you're faking it. Cause someone's going to call you out. You can't really fake it till you make it. You have to like, you know, have some, some semblance of, you know, reality in there. So I told the story. Okay. This is a good story. For whatever reason, my parents did not get me a social security number when I was born. So you really set you up for success. I'm, I'm born in the United States, okay? And I have five kids. They all have social security numbers by the time like we left the hospital, that application was filled out. My, I didn't have one. I have one, one brother and he's four years younger and he doesn't he didn't have one either. My parents didn't bother. And my parents, like my father was, in a, was a physician. It wasn't like we were living on the, uh, the, you know, the off the grid. It was like, I don't know why I was. So when I was uh, 17 and I uh, was graduating high school, I wanted to go to college. So I wanted to apply to college. And to apply to college, you need to put your social security number down on these applications. Well, I didn't have a social security number. And I, was, I said, I'm going to take my phone number, add two zeros. I'm not going to forget it. And that was my social security number, 2953288800. That was my phone number. Uh, that was my social security number that I made up, made it up. And I went to college on a fake social security number for three years. And then... I decided like at 1920, like, I think I should get a real social security. So I took my brother, we drove to the social security office and we got social security numbers. I could have lived off the grid totally. I was almost 20. I didn't have a social security. I could, I could never have had one, but whatever. So I told, I, I think I told that story in, you know, fake it till you make it. Like I fake my social security number for, for 20 years. And eventually I got a real one. So I didn't let you know. So, um, and for, at first I was saying, should I even tell that story? Like, is that a crime? Uh, whatever. It was 50, 30 years ago. Hey, it's only when you sign under perjury. It's 30 you years ago. I, I was a kid. I don't, you know, but, and I'll blame my parents if I ever get you know, in trouble for it. But um, my point was like, like that was a personal story that I brought into, uh, you know, one of my, you know, into my content, but I don't ordinarily like, I mean, only if it's something that I think is important or something that, that, that is valuable for others. Like just to tell stories about me, like it's not that exciting. You know, I want people like learn from something, not just to know experience what it's like to be me. I find it very difficult, um, you know, I, especially because I, you know, I, I, my divide between personal and professional is, is pretty stark. Um, but yeah, people definitely love this. It sounds like a, in a, a story. How well did the story do on LinkedIn? It did okay. I mean... Listen, I don't, know, I don't know what makes things go. I know it's going viral. I've never had a viral anything. I've never, you know, I've done, I have good content and, and good views and this and that, but I don't, I've never had something that had like a million or a hundred that just, that's not my, it's not going to happen. Um, it did fine, you know, like, but I can't, I can't gauge. And I know people go, oh, the algorithm. Like, I don't, I don't know the algorithm, but like, I can't gauge how something's going to do. Actually, I can't. If I throw like a, a quote out there, I'll, I have an idea of how it's going to do. Rather than, but if I make a really like solid video about something that people are going to learn, it can help. 
it could bomb or it could do it could do great. There's no way of telling in advance. None. Do you actually enjoy this LinkedIn adventure? And and, and which part? And which part do you not like? When you're when you're putting out five things a week, it's work. There's no, no doubt about that. Um, I like it. All right, for a few reasons. First of all, it's introduced me to a million people I wouldn't. You, for example, a million people I never would have met. You know. Um, and uh, in terms of business, it's been very good. It's been very good for me. You know, um, it, it took a while and then it just kicked in. And, and, and I don't even do like a lot of, out, I should do more. I don't, I don't do like outbound, you know, soliciting people. People just come to me, they find me or they're recommended to me from other people on LinkedIn. Um, but uh, I, think, I think it's a great platform. And I've been the kind of person who's had like a, a virtual practice for like the last five, six years. I travel a lot. So, I mean, it's been curtailed this year because of COVID, but I still, I flew a bunch of times this year. So I am always, it's just me and my, my laptop. And the experience that most people are having this year about being home, and that's like, that's been my experience for like the last five, six years. So I think LinkedIn is just, I can sit in a room by my, I sit in a room by myself 90% of the time. That's just how I work, okay? So LinkedIn allows me to have social interactions that I never would have ordinarily had. Forget COVID, pre-COVID, you know, I just, I have so many people I know and I've never met them. That's the amazing thing. I have gone to some LinkedIn events because that's how, you know, I've actually face-to-face meetings with certain people, but most of the people that I speak to on a regular basis or that I have some kind of um, communication with regularly that I've met from LinkedIn, I've never met live my, I know if I ever will. It's just, it's just funny, you know. It's a different kind of uh, existence. So, how do you maintain those relationships on LinkedIn that you know may or may not have been face to face, but um, but feel real um, and may actually you know lead to business relationships? All right. So, first of all, like they say, there's like a progression. Like first, you you know when you're connected to somebody on LinkedIn, then you DM. That's like giving a message, and then you get on the phone. Or nowadays, you can get on Zoom. And, and, or, and then the ultimate thing would be to meet them in person. So that's the progression of what LinkedIn or any kind of social media should do, you know? Um, nowadays, it's a little harder, but it's funny. Like before last year, last September, I was in Chicago for Labor Day weekend. I had a wedding. So I put out like a week before, I'm coming to Chicago. And I met like five people in Chicago who were my LinkedIn connections. They, you know, I, I'd spoken to maybe one or two of them I spoke on the phone. Otherwise, we didn't. And like, it was great. Like I never would have met these people. And, you know, it took a few hours. I went to a coffee shop. A few people came in different times. Um, I, I think it's important, um, hopefully in a, in a post-COVID world also, I think it's important that um, you develop these relationships. You can, you, can, you can figure out who you want to be closer to than, than not be closer to. And there are a lot of people on LinkedIn that I really don't want to deal with, but whatever. I, you know, I, I consider myself a nice person, so I'm not going to tell them to go away. But you know, and, and there are some people I'll pick up the phone with every once in a while or just I'll DM them, like, let's talk. Or, you know, a lot of them I have their personal phone contacts ready and, they, you know, they become friends, whatever that means, even though we've never not actually met. You mentioned COVID a few times and uh, how you were COVID ready because you had this more of a nomadic lifestyle. I wasn't COVID ready because <laughs> nobody was COVID ready. I, from, a, from a work perspective, I was fairly ready. Yeah, I, I wasn't used to going to an office, so I was ready from that perspective. I don't want, I don't, oh, Neil Greenman, I was COVID ready. I wasn't. Hey, Neil, I, I have an image of you. I knew it was coming. Shh, don't tell, I knew it was coming. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> hey, you need a t shirt that goes with it. <laughs> COVID ready. COVID 18. Um, I'm getting that to you. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, 
But how 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 did you know how did COVID change maybe LinkedIn um, dynamics? Uh, so what what it changed for me, I got very nervous like at the end of March. So <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, no one's gonna have any any business for me in April, and I'm gonna be you know I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna have to sell hand sanitizer like everyone else. No, so I um. Hey hey, there's a T-shirt listed for that. Right. Do you know I I have <laughs> this is terrible. I've been the attorney on more busted PPE deals than you can ever imagine. Everyone wants to make money on PPE. I'm like, yeah, I'll do your contracts. It's not going to work. I'm like, you know, now. like I put it, it's in my retainer. You are engaging in a highly speculative, you know, forget about like price. I'm not talking about price capture that I won't do. You are engaging in a highly speculative, you know, you know, negotiate. Like they don't work these deals. Everyone like wants to make money off PPE. It's like, it's but anyway. Um, so I got very nervous. I got very nervous in the March. Um, and my April was like weak. I'm like, oh my gosh, like what's going to happen now? But thankfully, what I did, and I'm not saying it was me, because since May things have been fine. Um, I just, I, real estate deals weren't going to happen, and real estate deals were always a good. Even though I never like consider myself a real estate lawyer, a good part of my practice is real estate. I mean, because they close and there's money involved, and you know, I started to not. Um, post anything about real estate transactions. I said to post about contracts, like I, I, contracts, contracts, contracts. So I said, listen, we can still do contracts. Even if we're not buying and selling anything specific, like buying and selling a business or buying and selling real estate, people still need, they're gonna, they're gonna be doing shareholders operating, joint venture, or, you know, NDAs, whatever. So I just pushed that a little bit. And I think maybe that got me through the beginning times. I mean, um, but I, I did not see COVID coming, but I, I think, and I, I didn't pivot because I'm a lawyer. I, at this stage of my life, I can't pivot to something totally different, but I just realized that the transactions weren't going to happen, especially something that required financing like real estate. So I started pushing contract stuff more and all my content was con in March, April, May, all my con content was about contracts, you know, like nothing about real estate. Just Now we've seen the, the, the uptick of contracts activities um, in March and April. Some of it was Fort Mayor, some of it was new contracts, new renegotiations. There's all kinds of things, right? right? There are many reasons to have contracts activities and in good times and bad. So we definitely, and look, I mean, we're in contracts business, but we absolutely have seen kind of contracts being very important during crisis. Um, right. and, um, and many pract law practitioners, uh, one way or another, whether they call themselves real estate lawyers or whatever else they call themselves, very much, um, you know, pivot is probably not a right word where you kind of shift focus as opposed to completely change your business. Right. Uh, but really contracts um, is uh, something that become instrumental in COVID. So that's one of many reasons why I like your t-shirt. So tell me, tell me um, what it is about contracts that you love, especially when it comes to kind of marrying that to LinkedIn. Um. I've always, so it's funny, I start, my career started out, I was a trust and estates attorney. And um, I, it was always a little dry for me. But I don't like, I don't, I don't like litigation. I don't like, I, I never liked the, and I've done it, I've gone to court. Like, I, it was like, you know, you ner I'm so nervous before a judge. Anyway, um, I don't like going to court. I didn't like the, I didn't like the definitive timeframes, like in certain jurisdictions, like you have to answer within 20 days and this, I just, I, so I, I always geared myself more towards transactions anyway. And, and, con and contracts, I think contracts is, it's a great mental exercise. Um, and I, I like, th there is back and forth with other people in terms of negotiations. And, and 
I know I'm giving the webinar. I don't want to give things away. Like I, you know, I don't, I'm not a bulldog when it comes to negotiations. I don't, that, I don't think that works. And I'll, I'll talk about that another time. Um, but, uh, and, but I just think from a, from an intellectual pursuit and from, from social interaction, I, I mean, I just like drafting contracts, negotiating contracts. And I feel like when, when you, when you start from scratch and then at the end there's the, you know, a client or client sign a contract, like something has happened. Like you actually accomplished something. Like somebody bought something or people are now in partnership together or now we're, we have a, you know, a manufacturer, we're manufacturing something. You know, when you, when you have contracts, like something definitive happens. Unlike litigation, which can go on for 20 years and, and it doesn't end and people are getting paid, but like nothing ever happens. Yeah, no, I love contracts for that reason. And they have been a persistent theme in my career, whether I was a litigator or general counsel or anything else for that matter. Um, I, I want to start wrapping up and, you sure. know, I want to leave listeners with uh, useful things about LinkedIn. So suppose I'm, I'm just graduating from law school or I've been practicing for a while. I'm noticing some activities on LinkedIn. I uh, would love to start posting. You did this 30-day challenge. That's a little bit like jumping into cold water and hoping for the best. What do you recommend? Where do I start? First of all, I wish I was graduating law school and knew this, you know? Of course, I'm like out of law school a long time, to put it that way, a long time. First of all, I think video is the way to go, like I said. I think video is video differentiates yourself far different than, you can only differentiate yourself on, on written posts, but if your writing skills are different. Okay, fine. But like video, like if, if, you, if you have a different personality or, you know, then you differentiate yourself right away. And also, like I said, the familiarity. Familiar, familiarity is very important. If I was graduating law school now, um, let's say, and I either working for myself or as part of my job, I was permitted to go on LinkedIn and do videos. I, I would, I would, I would post every, I would do what I do now. I'd post every day of the week, something, and I'd make sure to get two, three videos out there a week, because that's how people are going to know who you are. And, and I feel that the generation behind me, who's starting now, they're at such an advantage. I mean, I graduated, I graduated law school in 92. Okay. It's a long time ago. So things couldn't be more different in terms of being a lawyer now than, I mean, I, I didn't have a computer when I graduated law school. It was such a different existence. So um, nowadays, it's just the reach is incredible. So when, when I go on LinkedIn in the morning, if I post a video and I get, you know, 3,000 views, that's, I reach 3,000 people sitting in sweatpants in my home office. I mean, that, to me, that's incredible. Like, you, how, how can you do that any other way? So my advice to people would be do videos. The 30 and 30 is, is a big undertaking. But to maybe kickstart things, do 10 videos in, in 10 weekdays, in two weeks, you know? I think that's a good way to start. Last but question. I have to start because, I mean, no, I don't think anybody's naturally good at it, you know? I certainly wasn't. I mean, I'm, I'm a terrible, terrible. Anyway. Last question. And I'm kind of going into that um, not naturally good theme. So right. you look at your video, the first video, the second, the first video you make, and you're like, God, I look this way. Oh, God, right. I sound this way. What do you do with that? Um, so first of all, my, my first video, because I'm explaining like legal concepts, they're like three to five minutes long. And that is way too, I, just, first of all, I, the, the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. But if you keep them short, like to me, like 40 to 60 seconds is perfect. Okay. And just make, you know, explain one concept and give one example and be animated. Don't be like, don't, you know, if you sit like this and you don't move your face, it, 
be yourself. I mean, most people have a personality. So um, I, I just think it's, it's an amazing way to, first of all, and you'll improve as you do, but it's an amazing way for people to know who you are. And I think it's the whole point of social media. People know who you are. I'm not trying to be famous. That's not what people are trying to do. But like, if I am an attorney and I can help people, so the way they're going to know who I am is by, oh, yeah, that's, that's Neil Rebound. He does all those videos. It, it happens a lot that that happens. And, you know, and I just think it, it helps people. And people, it's funny, like I reach out to certain people on DM, like about, and they go, oh, you know, I love your, I love your content. Like I had no clue they even watch my content. Like I never see their name liking it or I never see them commenting. I'm like, that's great. Like, and I could say, oh, why are you commenting on it? No, but I, it's, I just, I think it's great because that means people are getting helped and I don't even know it. Look, they, they, they don't have to be clients. I'd like, okay, if anybody could be a client, that'd be, that'd be great, amazing for me financially. But the point is like, if I'm helping these people and I didn't know about it, like that's, that's like a cherry on top that I don't have to eat. Yeah. Neil, always great talking to you. I learned so much by following you and having conversations. You definitely can't wait for the webinar we're going to be doing next oh, week. Boy. <laughs> yeah, for everyone who is listening, definitely follow Neil. Uh, he is a huge inspiration and he has very useful content. And he is the only lawyer I know who regularly wears amazing t-shirts <laughs> uh, on videos. So uh, for that alone, that is worth um, your follow. Neil, thank you so much. I hope we have this conversation again. Thank you, me too.